0: Welcome to the Dental Deep Dive, where we dive into industry trends and best practices for optimizing your dental
1: organization while providing the best possible experience and care for patients. Welcome back, Jessica. We're so glad you're here. In case you missed it, in a previous episode, Jessica Napisa talked to us about patient financial readiness and how important that was for revenue cycle management. And today we're going to continue that conversation around best practices, focusing in on patient clinical readiness and the things we need to do. We're going to talk about what it is, why we do it, how you can execute on it, and then we'll share a couple of best practices of things that you can do right now to help improve your clinical experience for patients. With that, Jessica, let's dive in. Jessica, I am so glad that you've come back. Thank you so much for being here on the Dental Deep Dive. Welcome back.
0: Thank you. I appreciate coming back, and I'm really excited about the topic you have in store for us today, Dave.
1: Okay. This is going to be great. And just so that everybody knows, this topic was something we kind of alluded to in an earlier episode of the podcast with Jessica, when we were talking about patient financial readiness. In fact, when we were talking about it, we realized that we could probably do an entire session just on eligibility verification. And so beyond the financial preparation for a patient, we realized, hey, you know what, let's talk about clinical preparation. And and we have a term that we we use internally, um, and I think this is probably an industry-wide term, but we call this patient clinical readiness. And I think there's some items that, that we really wanted to dive in and talk about. One of the items that we had talked about, Jessica, in this concept of patient clinical readiness, um, One of the concepts that I wanted to cover here is, could you just help us understand what is clinical readiness for a patient? Like, what what does that mean?
0: That's a great question. And we really define readiness or patient readiness to, to give a very high-level overview as, as that series of checks, that series of activities or actions that are performed either before a patient's visit or during patient care. And really, it's a means for ensuring patient success and really driving home a level of patient care that is elevated to the organization standards. And so patient clinical readiness is, is that process that drives clinical care through documentation of individual patient needs and clinical decision support tools that are readily available to the dental team. These basic concepts that any dental organization can introduce and define for patient clinical readiness for their organization and during this podcast we will introduce several key components to clinical readiness that are important to consider when establishing your standardization with your clinical readiness plan
1: yeah well don't hold back i mean what are these best practices i mean that's why we're here we want to just dive into those
0: absolutely what would
1: you think those steps are
0: i think we could really define that as four four different key steps And one big one that is available in nearly any practice management system, and even this is something that dental offices have been tracking on paper for eons, is the ability to know when a patient is due for a specific service. And these types of services or recalls or recares, as as are the common industry terms, are something that are defined within an organization and some examples of these are just standard exams x-rays prophylaxis perio maintenance and every organization will have their their defined recare for a specific patient and it's really important that they also have a process for checking on that and ensuring that the patient is receiving proper dental care in a timely fashion. Another key component is medical alerts or the documentation of problems, allergies, and medications. This is something that every dental organization does on a either in every visit, every year or a routine timeline for their patients. This, in fact, is something that has become redefined with the introduction of the coronavirus and COVID-19. So this is something that is so prevalent today in what dental organizations are doing because they have had to redefine how they are treating their patients and really Um, monitoring and documenting any special precautions that are taken prior to treating that patient. So reviewing medical alerts is a second key item that I would include in this patient clinical readiness process. Another one is the treatment plan phase. And this is something that our organizations, dental organizations take advantage of because it allows for that preparation. And that really is what patient clinical readiness is all about, that preparation, that phase of having quick access to what is next for that patient in terms of their dental care. So this is something that, of course, is very commonly performed during the visit with the clinician. For example, um, the patient will be in treatment with that clinician or starting treatment with that clinician, and they'll sit together and talk about what pain the patient has today and really prioritize what comes next or what the proper sequence is for care. So that's a big one. Um, And I wanted to mention too that reviewing a treatment plan is also something that will happen during the scheduling phone call. It's a great communication tool between teams. And what I mean by that is that the clinician will already have predefined that flow or sequence for treatment and by having that documented within the patient's record that scheduling technician or scheduling assistant can quickly pull up that information and know what that next phase of treatment is for that patient so treatment planning is a third item i'd really put high on the list and then another one that is so common to every dental organization is the management of treatment requests. Treatment requests can be defined as a patient phone call or request for an appointment or request for care. And really how an organization utilizes and manages these requests is something that we have seen such variance on over the years, all the way from those piles of sticky notes that sit on the desk (laughs) or around the computer screen.
1: Everybody should be laughing right now because that's so true. (laughs) It's so
0: true. We all have them. We've all done it. We've all had sticky note syndrome and where you would write down Joe Smith called and he has pain on tooth number two and you pass it to the doctor. Well, times are changing and the practice management systems can now assist with that process and have that process become something that is more easily managed and is scalable from one team to the next or one team member to the next without that sticky note getting stuck on the back of a paper chart or lost on doctor's desk let's face it that's what happens (laughs) so those are the four key elements i i'd really focus in on when we're talking about patient clinical readiness those medical alerts our recares or continuing care, our treatment plans and our treatment requests.
1: Yeah, it's it's interesting you bring that up because I know from some practices that I've interviewed is, you know, the the pervasive sticky note for sure has been an issue, but I think it's the ability to know where a treatment request should fall. And then there's also this idea of scheduling those things, right? You wanna be able to come back to them, but maybe not come back to them as a one-off, but maybe come back to them as an activity of, man, I really wanna schedule. There's a whole bunch of people that have raised their hand for some type of treatment and maybe just having an ability to aggregate those. And, And I think that would be something really interesting we could continue to go even deeper on in the future. So. Um, One of the things that came to mind when we were going through this list was, you know, the role of a treatment plan. And, And, you know, one of the things that occurred to me was, you know, a lot of treatment plans are structured in ways where they're consecutive visits. And that really feeds into that continuing care model that you talked about. And so one of the things I wanted to ask was you know, when when you're evaluating your treatment plan strategy, what, what things might they be missing? What is it that practices you see are not doing in that category that maybe they should be doing or that they might be overlooking that that they could get value out of right now?
0: Yeah, I think one key element that could be overlooked when, when somebody or an organization is assessing their processes for treatment plans is that concept that you've mentioned on Sequencing or categorizing treatment. And honestly, I have seen variants between many different organizations. This is this is tackled many different ways, the, from the concept to quadrant dentistry, to the concept of treating the active problem. And so this really is approached very differently within every organization. And I think really just bringing in some of those tools to having the team better understand what at least the next priority is, is a really good concept to take on and to help start develop developing what their treatment plan internal guidelines will be. And so for an organization that's not really utilizing this concept today, that would be a good starting point, is really defining what our internal guidelines will be for those clinicians and maybe just jumping in to that first key element of what comes next or what is the next priority in the treatment and putting that into a workflow is is really important for your teams because it'll be really important for them to understand who is responsible for defining that and really distributing the information on where that is accessed and who should be accessing it because when you have those processes really well-defined within the organization, you you become a really well-oiled wheel and things turn very nicely and very easily for across the teams within the dental clinic.
1: So that, that for me sounds like probably, you know, maybe my key takeaway personally is, you know, really starting to review the structure and operational flow of how do we want to manage treatment plans in the organization? What are we doing today? What could we do better and start benchmarking on, on where they want to go? And I think that's such an interesting area of opportunity because we know that there's a lot of there's a lot of opportunity in those treatment plans, not only for the financial well-being of the practice, but also for the oral health of the patient. I mean, patients that have large treatment plans, they need help. And I think part of this, you know, part of the strategy that we want to help practices develop here is that they're incorporating those plans into how they're going to look at their their calendar for the next month, how do they want to implement. You know, We use a term you know that I'm familiar with called perfect day scheduling. Obviously, you wanna have a good mixture uh, of treatment so that you're continuing to fuel that engine of efficiency. And I think those are gonna be some of those things that um, are really advantageous when you're looking at how do we want to strategize how we do that. And I think those are real opportunities for practices to take some leaps forward right now
0: absolutely i couldn't agree more and as those practices and those organizations start to break down that strategy and how they will roll this out they'll they'll definitely look at the individual tools and processes within that treatment planning phase to help grow that concept and reach those desired outcomes of that perfect day or that definition of how we achieve that perfect day or how we pull patient information forward that may have fallen through the cracks. Because let's face it, that's one thing that our organizations struggle with on a regular basis is treatment that has fallen through the cracks and they'll need to have a really great system for following up and following through on that treatment to ensure that that ideal patient care is
1: delivered. That's perfect. Is there any other recommendations or best practices in this category that you think that people should start doing right now? I mean, because I think that we've really tackled, you know, some really critical elements here, but is there anything that you're like, you know what, this is low-hanging fruit. This is, I know practices struggle in this one area. This is where I would look with a fine-tooth comb. Is there anything that kind of comes to your mind in in that category for you?
0: Yeah, I... I, I'm glad you asked that because really I'd like to take it back to that concept of reviewing medical alerts. The medical alerts process is something that m- many dental organizations are have put in place on an every visit frequency. And that really is that best practice because as you are seating the patient for their clinical visit, this is the easiest question that you ask them. And of course, always the first question that the clinician asks them is, how are you doing? What changes have you encountered that will help us provide you with better dental care today? And by a a simple two to three minute process of documenting those changes to any medical history problems that they've had since their last visit or any allergies that they have or medications they may be taking today is such a quick and easy process to incorporate into your day-to-day workflow. And, And so that would be a really great place to start. And it's really an area in the realm of of what we've been seeing today that many organizations have had to revisit is that process of documenting not only the history of problems but any exposure or current conditions related to COVID-19 and one major piece of that is the temperature. Uh, as all of our dental organizations listening here today know they're taking the temperature of their patients where is that documented how does that fall in line with this documentation of medical conditions or medical alerts and and so really developing a a better process for that documentation has been a key focus for many of our organizations that we are working with, and helping them to better define those environments and the documentation they have for their patients.
1: I think that's absolutely uh, fantastic advice, and and I think that we all have learned something today. Uh, you know, specifically kind of thinking through each of these categories and and some of the areas of ideas that people might have to to really dig in and make sure that they're doing a great job in those areas. I mean, one of the macro goals that we have is that, you know, as clinicians, as dental organizations, we you know, we we look at the the financial well-being of the practice, but you know, one of the aspects of great dentistry is that there's this improvement in oral care of our patients, right? And and it's not just oral care. We know that taking care of the mouth takes care of the body, and I think you know, part of our focus here. And and what I really pulled back from this was, you know, if we take that patient and we focus in on their needs and what they need to achieve, then we're going to get better outcomes out the back. And so this is just adding an organized structure of some of those aspects of things that we want to be tackling so that we can achieve those, you know, patient outcomes that we really want to deliver. So thanks again for sharing that. I think that was fantastic. Absolutely. So Jessica, how does this really happen in the real world? And have you seen any areas where a specific practice was struggling in an area that was patient clinical readiness related, where you thought, wow, we are so glad that we got there. We made these changes or whatever. Could you could you share an example of something like that for us?
0: Oh, absolutely. And I can think of one when- Right off the top of my head, that was such a major impact for the dental team and the changes, the simple changes really that they put in place were insurmountable and it really made a large, a huge difference in their everyday processes. And so to give you a little background on where we started with this dental team is that they were struggling with recare dates. They were struggling with their continuing care due dates. And the reason for this struggle was the workflow that was in place. And the workflow was very manual. So they they would see a patient, they would document their services that were performed today, and they would schedule the patient's next appointment. Very simple, right? Easy process, no problem. But when it came to determining their patient clinical readiness, they were walking through a lot of steps. They would actually go back to the patient history and look at services and when they were performed. And they would have to go in to look at how often that service was allowed with the insurance company. And let's use a Profi for an example. We they performed a Profi in January. Well, they would go back to that history and see that date of January 5th. And then they would do the quick look at the insurance to see how often does that pro-fee, is it allowed by the insurance company and know that, okay, six months and then they would do the math. Well, that's a very lengthy process and often it involves going to multiple areas within the practice management system. So by the time they have determined if the patient is eligible for a profi today, they're five minutes into patient care. And so we implemented an automated process that would allow the team to quickly recover a due date and look in one place to know that the due date for that next profi was July 5th or July 6th. And with a quick point of reference, they could see patient is eligible patient is due, and I don't have to go to multiple windows to find that out. And so that was such a huge win for this team to be able to quickly identify patient care, quickly validate the clinical readiness of that patient, and treat the patient more effectively and efficiently without going into additional processes or five minutes of care time down the drain. So it really was a rewarding experience for both us and the organization to to put that into play.
1: Yeah, that's a phenomenal example. And I'm sure if we picked your brain, I'm sure we can find examples for almost all of these. It's just one of those things where, you know, I think there's just so much reality behind what you just said in that example, because, you know, I bump into practices all the time that it's it's a tweak here and a tweak there, and they do a better job. It's not I'm forklifting everything we're doing. It's it's the small tweaks along the way that I think make you know it's that idea of continuous improvement. I guess is you know the way I would articulate that um, that really adds value um, you know as we continue to progress and and do a better job as as dental a uh, dental organization. So anyway, perfect example. Thank you so much for sharing that. I think that was perfect. So just wrapping up here, is there anything else you wanted to share? Um, I'm so glad you could come back to the podcast. It's, it's one of those areas where, uh, you know, we only get to see people occasionally and, and sometimes people get busy. Fortunately, we got you back. And so I'm so glad that you could make it. Um, is there anything else that you'd want to share with our audience at this point?
0: yeah just I one one concept that we didn't dive into too far, but I think is really important when we're talking about patient clinical readiness is the concept of communication and clinical decision support. and that really is something that helps drive the predictability and outcomes that we're looking for, both from a patient. Clinical care delivery and patient experience. And so, that concept of clinical decision support can show up in many different forms. It could be a messaging system for the provider or a documentation system in terms of clinical note documentation or care documentation for the patient. And so you know, really looking through and defining that for the organization is something that helps to drive that strategy for standardization and improved overall patient care that many of our organizations are looking for. And so that's, that's one piece that I feel is really important as, as a key takeaway and something that the organizations can start thinking through is how do we support our clinicians through the clinical readiness review and how do we provide stronger clinical decision support to those providers to really streamline their processes and streamline patient care.
1: Wow, that's that's absolutely fantastic. At the big picture, You know, we have a whole staff is there to support the clinician. And I think that's a great area where we could do a better job at supporting them. So that's fantastic. Thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. All right. Thank you again for coming. We're so glad that you're here. And everybody in the audience, feel free to uh, continue to come back to our podcast if this is the kind of thing that is your jam. If you'd like to learn something different, please put it in the comments below um, we're really excited to be kicking this off and, and doing our best to help practices do even better uh, job uh, managing and running and, and uh, helping patients. So thanks again. Thank you. Again, thank you to Jessica and Apisa for coming back to our show and really highlighting an additional area of workflow best practices that we should be looking at. In today's episode, as a quick summary, we really focused in on patient clinical readiness, where in our previous episode with Jessica, we talked about patient financial readiness. So in terms of patient clinical readiness, here are the best practices that were highlighted. Really focusing in on verifying your continuing care, dates and strategy. Two, reviewing any treatment plans or making sure that your treatment plan requests are scheduled and planned out making sure that your medical alerts are up to date so that you are not missing anything when it comes to the patient and making sure that they're getting the best health possible. We'd like to thank everyone for listening to our show. We're really excited about the feedback that we're getting from the community. If there's anything that you would like to learn or you would like us to discuss on the Dental Deep Dive, please feel free to drop a comment, send an email, or reach out to us, and we'd be happy to look at items that we can add into our roster. If your organization is looking to centralize revenue cycle management and really starting to focus in on your RCM best practices, one of the things that you can do is reach out to our sponsor Dentrix Enterprise. They have a whole suite of tools and technology to help manage medical alerts, treatment plans, treatment requests, and automating your continuing care. If you'd like to take advantage of those types of capabilities, Dentrix Enterprise may be a good fit for you. Please reach out to DentrixEnterprise.com forward slash dental deep dive and find out if they can help you solve the challenges that you're facing today.